Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, we have a returning friend of the show, and that would be Stan Schneider, who is the CEO of RTI Real-Time Innovations. How are you doing, Stan? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. So um, there was... I was at CES about a month or so ago, and there was a lot to do there with autonomous drive and that whole thing. And you know more about autonomous drive than anybody that I know. So I need some answers from you. Why is this seemingly delayed indefinitely? When we talked like five years ago, we we had said no more than five years out. And here we are five years later, and it seems like it's still five years out. What's going on? Well, um, first of all, I think autonomy is like happiness. You can never be fully happy and you can never be fully autonomous. Um, you really have to look at it in that perspective. It's also impossible really to talk about happiness without talking about the environment you're in. You can be happy at work, but not happy at home. Um, they're completely or, or vice versa. Uh, better, I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a... You know, it's very, very different. I mean, the autonomous systems are doing great in many different areas. I'm sure you've driven on very simple ones that are carrying you around, for instance, in trams at airports. And uh, there are lots of transportation systems out there doing that. People think of uh, autonomous systems as completely replacing all humans in all environments. And that is... Uh, years, decades away, you know, before cars can drive on Boston, the streets and the snowstorm, it's going to be a long time. But um, being able to take a vehicle on a simple environment, like on a very well-controlled train track is already very, is everywhere. And on, you know, less complex environments, but still, uh, I mean, more complex environments, still quite relatively simple, like, well-controlled freeways, you'll see uh, lots of applications there. Yeah, that's um, the one I was going to bring up. I've, I've seen examples of um, cargo-type trucks rambling down the highways of Europe, and and these trucks are literally a foot or two apart from each other, um, and they're running at 80 miles an hour. But we're not seeing that in the U.S. Why is that? Well, I mean, it's... It depends on the environment. It depends on a lot of what you're trying to accomplish. There's a lot of regulatory and, uh, you know, popular opinion that's not easy to set. I, I think the the bar for autonomy should be to do better than the disappointing, uh, distressing record of humans driving cars. And uh, I started my career out crashing cars for a living. I have a healthy disrespect for people's ever becoming really good safety systems, but it, it takes time, takes its acceptance, things like that. I do think that uh, everybody knows that most people know what the um, Gartner hype cycle is, where technologies uh, sort of hit the press and the investment community and they get all excited. This is the next big thing. And then when people actually try to implement it, it goes into what Gartner calls a trough of disillusionment. Um, autonomy is very much entering the trough of disillusionment here. It doesn't mean anything wrong with the technology. Um, we work on autonomy in, in 20 different areas, and some of those are doing really well. 
Uh, it just means it's going to take a while before it shows up. Um, people look at it from the outside and they see a, they're only really seeing the, uh, <clears throat> from the outside, you you just see, oh, it was going to be great and now it's not going to be great. And from the inside, you see all the really hard problems, uh, but we'll solve the problems and then, you know, you'll just see it all suddenly working. Um it's, okay. Uh, so we we know that there's different levels of autonomy from level zero to level five. I believe the way it works. Where are we today? And where? And when I say that, there's mainstream and there's leading edge. So where are we today with mainstream, and where are we with leading edge? Let me ask you a question: On a scale of one to five, where are you in happiness? <laughs> well, my wife is in the next room, so I'm a five. You know, I, I just, I think those levels are just horribly oversimplified. It's not a binary thing. You can't be fully autonomous. Um, we're at different levels in different environments. It's a, you know, the the road driving, I think you've got to really look at the, the perspective. I think there's some vehicles out there that could be argued are level three or close to it. Level three should be, uh, you know, at least in a controlled environment, you hands off, eyes off. You should be able to fall asleep and still end up okay. Uh, although you have to be in the vehicle and you have to be able to take over, you should have time to make that transition. There, there is definitely systems out there that are capable of that and probably uh, around the same level of safety as a human driver, but um, that level of safety isn't enough for a lot of the public. Uh, they're, they're willing to blame Rich Nass for... Uh, causing a collision, but if an autonomous vehicle gets in a car crash, it's front page news for months on end and lawsuits and all sorts of other things. It's, That's a good uh, point. There are ways to go before acceptance of that. What? Well, that was a very good point you made. Why is that? That when an autonomous vehicle has a car crash, it's it, it's on the front page of CNN, and and we know that there's hundreds of thousands of crashes every day with non-autonomous vehicles. Why is it such big news? Yeah, there's probably two people have died in the United States during this conversation. <laughs> Maybe right. not, about one every 15 minutes or so. It's a, um, it's because it's a rare event and the, the press covers rare events. It's a, it's a something that people are afraid of and something that people are, you know, naturally new things people are cautious about and they want to hear about it. And so it becomes a, comes front page news. You're in the media. You should be able to answer that question better than I can. That's a fair point. Fair I point. mean, the, the, the press covers hype. The press covers failures. Uh, there's a bias towards negativity. Everybody sort of realizes that. And uh, if you have something that's both hyped and negative, boy, that's, that's, that's a juicy one. Yeah. Hard to stay away from. I don't think it's really a reflection of reality, though. The reality is much more boring than that. But going back to your point about the various levels, I thought that that was much more well-defined, that each, each level, that there was no ambiguity about each each of those levels of, of autonomy. Is that not true? I don't think it's well-defined at all. I think it's oversimplified. I mean, level three system on a freeway is very different than one driving in a snowstorm with uh, <clears throat> near a school with children playing. It's a very different environment. You have, to, you have to consider the environment before you think about those levels. I mean, you can be level 
you know, right now, very, you, you, I, I could take a Tesla out on a uncrowded freeway and fall asleep until it ran out of charge and very likely be very, you know, very easily level three. Um, you take that same car and try and do full self-driving and uh, you got a very different story. Um, okay. There's there's always risk. Um, the question is how much risk are you willing to accept and how much risk are you willing to, uh, how much risk are is society willing to accept? Right. Um, but this technology has transferred to other places besides the mainstream roads and a perfect a perfect example is in the agriculture space. I know I've met with John Deere at um, CES and they're running these tractors around a farm with no driver and doing everything that you need to do. And I know it's a it's an easier environment because it's, there's no people involved in most cases, but it works really well. It's all about environment. Yes. I mean, we have autonomous systems that do agriculture and construction and mining and uh, forklifts in in warehouses and underwater vehicles and flying things is much easier to be autonomous flying than on a road by the way very little to hit up there all of those environments are much easier than uh, the most complex one which is unstructured parking lots with children and cats right. um, <laughs> it's just a very different level of risk in very different environments that's why it's hard to say what level something's at to get to you know full self-driving where you do everything human can do our kids kids will you know make it better than than our kids kids are at driving because they aren't so great at it either <laughs> uh, it'll be a long time before we it can handle everything that uh people can handle well i, I was going to close with um doesn't mean it's not useful by the way Right. I was going to close with a little bit of, of a prediction, but I think you just answered my question. I was I was going to ask you, would someone who was born this year in 2023, will they get a driver's license ever? And it sounds like the answer is yes. Depends on where they live. I mean, in New York City, I have a cousin who's been lived there her whole life. She doesn't have a driver's license. <laughs> well, I'm referring Depends to on what your alternatives for transportation are. You know, if you if you're going to have to go where there's not very well controlled environments, absolutely you need a driver's license. I, I expect you know, 2023, born in 2023, that's 20 years out to need a driver's license. I think there will be some people who don't need it more than there are today. Okay. All right. Well, I'll have you back on the program in 18 years and we will debate whether you are right or wrong. Okay. Very uh, yeah, it, you know, they're, they're, it, it's like after the pandemic, my wife and I only have one car, so we don't have to drive a lot. We do have backups like Uber and things like that to get where you need to get. Not needing a driver's license doesn't mean you never need a driver's license. It means you have to have some backup to your driver's license when it's a, a bad environment for whatever reason, where you're going or what the weather's like or whatever. So, okay. Well, very good. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate you taking the time. Okay, thanks. That was Stan Schneider. He is the CEO of RTI, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.